I know that no time has really passed where you're listening, but it is much later in the day. Uh, I went ahead and did my rehearsal at home, worked through my practice, worked through my moves, warmed up my hands, practiced my script, and uh, did my last four shows at the Magic Castle. It was a semi-busy night, certainly not anywhere as busy as it has been the past three days, but um, very gratifying, very... uh, I'm in a strange place right now, and uh, I guess you deserve to hear about it. You're, You're taking the time to listen, so might as well be really, really honest with you. Uh, first of all, four shows back-to-back, I just, I, I thrive on that kind of work, that kind of hard concentration, that kind of work, and, and when I do it, I put myself fully into everything that I'm doing. I leave it all on the stage, or I guess I leave it all on the table is a better way to put it. Um four really intense, very enthusiastic, very, very giving audiences. Uh, three standing ovations out of four audiences, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. A uh, magician by the name of Jeff Hobson, who's a very big deal, uh, came to my first show. I, I requested that um, he's also working the castle, or he was this week, uh, requested to come and see my show, which was a huge honor in and of itself. Um, but then when it was over, he was, he, he really, really loved it. He really, really had a good time with it. And he stopped. He took the time to, to compliment it and said that he'd be in touch. And it was, uh, I hear, I'll be in touch an awful lot in this business. And there are times when you know that it is complete bullshit. And then there are times when you know that the person saying it is sincere and will actually make an effort. And this was the second kind. This was a, I am inspired by what you did and I'm going to make an effort to do something for you or to be there, be a helping hand or a step up or or whatever, you know, whatever comes along. At any rate, I gave him a good show and and I made... uh, I made another artist that I admire, I made them happy. And there's no way to describe that feeling. Right now, um, and it is 1.30 in the morning on Monday, uh, August the 27th, I am hollowed out and raw and empty. I, uh, I don't have... And I'm not. I'm not looking for pity in this statement. I'm certainly not looking for. I'm certainly not shopping with this statement. But uh, I'm very alone, and I don't have a partner to bounce ideas off of, or talk about the the events of the evening, or 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 to give me love and to to help me recharge. I don't have anyone like that in my life. I have several people that purport to love me, but. There's not a single one that uh, would be waiting for me when I came off stage or when I got back to my place or anything else. And there are times when that's just as fine as it can be. That's just a a very cool thing. You know, when you need the quiet and you need to, especially as an artist, to, to introspect, to get inside your own head and to look at things. But at the close of a week like this, it's very emotional and it's very... 
my throat is sore, my, my body is aching, I've had a workout, you know, is a lot, my whole body gets into the act, even if I am seated at a table performing, I am in motion, and, and, and inside there's, there's tenseness and release, and all the, th all the other things that go into creating this art. Don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm very content, and I'm very happy, I did very good work, and I'm proud of the work that I did, and, and I am uh, boosted uh, through my ego by the number of people that took the time to, uh, we loved your show, you moved us, you were our favorite, you're different from everybody else. But I'd really love to have someone here to talk to, someone, uh, someone I could hold a hand with, you know. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I know. And you can tell me from here to eternity that I had all of those things. And I will tell you right back, yeah, I did. I had the greatest. I had the best of all. And uh, it went away. Life is a series of evolutions and revolutions and changes. And the person you're getting married to today might not be the same person you're married to five years from now, just simply because people change, opinions change. That's why another reason, I am troubled by the news, I am troubled by the politics, I am dismayed by the hatred and fear that I see in so many people, but when I, when I step back from the rhetoric, when I take myself away, from social media and news and actually get out and just talk to people. And, and not just people in my own circle, people, clients, people that hire me, people that I run into through my work, people that I run into on the street. When I actually get out amongst people, there's a lot more kindness than is being reported. There's a lot more love than is being reported. There's a lot more... Honestly, there are people that, that, that are getting their backs up and, and getting, you know, this is not the way things are supposed to be and we're going to work towards change. And, and I believe there are more of those people. I believe there are more good-hearted, kind people still on, in the world than there are selfish, fearful, angry people. I have to believe that. I can't survive or go on doing what I do if, if those people don't exist. And so, to me, I don't own guns. I won't own guns. I won't carry one. I won't ever put a weapon that could kill someone else onto my person. I, I won't do it. I would give my own life for most anyone. I mean, especially friends, family, loved ones. I would put myself between them in danger at any time, but I wouldn't arm myself to kill another human being. I hope, I, I would pray that at this point in our history, we'd be beyond the idea that killing somebody else is a good idea. Even if it's war, even if it's, here's this invisible, arbitrary line that we've drawn, and we're going to draw our resources from this side, and you're not allowed on this side, you can quietly starve over there. It makes no sense to me at all. We are all one people. We are all 
grouped here on this on this tiny ball in a very criminally short amount of time that we're allowed to be alive. And yes, I get heritage, and I will respect heritage, and yes, I get history, and I will respect history, but to repeat the mistakes that our forefathers made where the idea was that someone disagrees with you or someone has something you want, you pull out a weapon and take it from them. Surely we've grown older than that, haven't we? I have to believe we have, despite the rhetoric, beside, despite the, the focus on all the bad things, despite the shootings, despite the killings, despite the outright racism and hatred and everything else that comes at us 100% of the time on the news and in our so-called social medias. I work live. I work across a table from someone. I look them in the eyes, and, and, and the people that I love, when I want to talk to them, I put a table between us, and I hold their hands, and I look them in their eyes, and we have real, honest-to-God conversation. And if you set aside your ego, and you set aside the idea that anything could belong to you, literally anything, anything that you could own, anything that you could call yours, from from money to, to fine china to food in your refrigerator to the person sleeping next to you. You don't ever own those things. You, you can't take them with you when you go. You can be close and you can love and you can live together for years and, and live in love and kindness and uplifting each other and spend the rest of your lives together, but that still means that at the end, one of you has to let the other one go. Everything is temporary. And because everything is temporary, and we're not talking eternal and everything, and we'll talk about that another time. I fully believe in those things, but I'm talking about life here. Life here as we know it, right this moment. Because it's short, because it's criminally short, and because... We are in proximity to people, and because our driving, our, our driving power is love in one form or another, why not just find a way, find a, find food to to feed the the <sighs> arguing over invisible lines is as silly as arguing over invisible beings. If you believe in your God, believe in them, but but not to the point of, of killing or hurting someone else. Selfishness and fear, these are honest-to-God things we can outgrow. This is what I believe. This is what I'm holding on to with dear life, and this is why I work live. I, I, I put my work forth in front of real people so that I can look them in the eyes, and I can love them in, in, in a close, close proximity, and... and and hopefully they can feel exactly what I'm trying to put forth. And I make this podcast, I, I do this to have a voice to put out there to the people that don't get to see me live and for loved ones to, to hear my voice and to, and to hear my feelings and to hear what I'm going through. And maybe it's navel-gazing and maybe it's egotistical or maybe it's just downright narcissistic to think that I have the privilege to put something out there believing that somebody's going to listen and take heart to it. So forget anything I've ever said. Forget anything 
that 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 I've de- declared of who I am or any what I might call success or failure or anything else just know this that I believe in love and I believe in love as the the driving force and the most powerful force in the universe love is god love is creativity love is kindness love is tolerance love is persistence and patience and all the good things that the human spirit can dig up and put forth even if you don't believe in a tangible being in the sky as you would say or or an actual deity you can believe in love because you've all felt it you felt it in one form or another at some point in your life and it is a real thing And it goes beyond emotion. It goes to the very spiritual point of linking us all together out of the the dust that we were made out of, out of the very mud we eventually crawled out of and, and stood upright and became who we were. We are creative beings. And a lot of the point of creativity is to do for others, to give them convenience, to give them hope, to give them uplifting feelings, to to give them music, to give them art, to give them love, because we do have it in abundance. Even if we aren't using it, it's there. It's an inexhaustible supply. We're just not applying it as liberally as we could have. It's 1.45 on Monday morning. I'm completely hollow and raw from the performance that I gave. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep for quite some time. and I'm going to get up and pack my things and move back over to Silvervale. I've lived in this apartment across the street from the Magic Castle for a week, and it's been amazing and introspective and, and artistic and creative and wonderful and all those things. But tomorrow I'm going to sleep in my own bed. I'm going to take care of paperwork that needs to be taken care of. I'm going to resume the living of my life. And look forward to the next show. And book the next show. And bring my magic to the next audience. And I won't retire. And I won't give up. And I won't keep seeking better for myself and for the people that I get in front of. I don't have a partner. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have a wife. I don't have a, uh, uh, you, you know what I'm talking about. I don't have someone I could call my own or someone that would be proud enough to call me their own. And that little fact isn't going to change. I mean, not for a very long time anyway. Um, there, there may be miracles. I don't discount those, but... My work, my work and my focus and my mistress and my lover is my art and that's what I put my hands on. There are people who love me and there are people who love me deeply and they have their own lives to live and they have to choose their own life before mine and I understand that and that's the way it has to be. And I'm not bitter about that. It's simply a fact. I am nobody's number one. I am nobody's first choice. I don't remember that I went over this or not. I know I wrote it down uh, 
earlier this week, but in talking to my therapist, Whitney, <coughs> um, uh, I was adopted. Uh, I don't know how many of you knew that or if it's a huge surprise to anyone, but it's not something I've ever been ashamed of or, or put behind a, uh, a wall to try to hide it. I was adopted. My birth mother was 16 years old, and I suppose felt that she could not raise a child. So I was uh, was adopted by uh, Bob and Susan Hannibal and uh, raised well, loving family, uh, middle class, great relatives, aunts, uncles, and cousins, all very full of happiness and love. And uh, as as things do, um, families fall apart. Families uh, grow old and die. I lost both of my parents too young. Uh, they divorced when I was 13, and there was a whole mess with that. And uh, Neither one of them really wanted me in their household uh, because I was rebellious and, and troublesome and willful and a number of other words that were given to me. They were both trying to start their lives over, and neither one of them had the tolerance for a teenage boy. And so I was shuffled back and forth until I eventually I just disappeared. And uh, neither one of them noticed for quite quite a long time. Uh, and then uh, uh, got married, stayed married for almost three decades, very close to three decades. And at the end, um, who I was wasn't good enough. And, and and the way I wanted to live my life and, and relating to art and to travel and to the friends that I had and the people that I associated with, it all become it all became very pointy parts and and I was asked to leave. And my children rejected me. And all of the mutual friends that we had uh, between us as a married couple uh, all took her side and rejected me. The church we went to, no one from the church ever called. No one from the church ever came by. No one sent an email or a text or a anything. I was just left out in the wind, and I had to recover myself. So, in speaking of all of these things, Whitney points to this point and this point and this point, to where from the very beginning of my life I was given away or rejected or... At least in my mind, it's been that I wasn't good enough. Everything from my birth mother giving me away, to my wife telling me to leave, to my friends telling me, you know, this is this is it. This is this is as far as I trust you. The place I don't get hurt is on the stage. The place where I'm accepted for exactly who I am is on the stage. I put my love through the cards and through the magic and love comes back to me when it's three o'clock in the morning and I'm in St. Louis and I don't have a friend I can call and I don't have a lover that I could call or text or anything I can open a deck of cards and I can shuffle and I can look for new mysteries or practice old ones I can put my hurt and my tears and my loneliness and everything that is that is cutting me deep 
I can put that into the art in my hands. And they give me back magic. And I took that magic and I did 29 shows in seven days. And I made people happy. And I made people gasp in astonishment. And they leapt to their feet and they clapped. And I was home. And I was accepted. And I was loved genuinely, demonstrably. For exactly who I am and what I do. <laughs> There's a quote. And I don't know the author, but it's Clark Kent. Uh, having a, a philosophical discussion with Lois Lane after she's discovered who he is. And the quote is, uh, Superman is what I do, but Clark Kent is who I am. I have the bonus of Hannibal is who I am, but he's also what I do. And he's more... He's more Hannibal when he's on stage. He's more confident and comfortable and and able to love more and give more because Hannibal on stage loves himself 100%. There's quite a statement, huh? I don't know if you're still listening. I don't know if there's one person that's going to listen to this all the way to the end or, or I don't know. My brain is too tired to think it through right now. But no, by gosh, I'm going to go ahead and publish it. I'm going to go ahead and put it out there on the airwaves. and Maybe you'll like it, maybe you won't. And maybe you'll send me a note and uh, try to convince me that I'm not alone in things. But I'm telling you, I am sitting in a dark apartment. And it is 1.50 on Monday morning, August 27th. I did tremendous work over the past seven days. Right now I'm by myself. I am 100% alone. And I doubt that there's anyone out there even thinking of me right now. And in its own way, that's okay. I'm going to go to sleep. And I'm going to wake up. And when I wake up, there will be new magic to be made and there will be packing to be done and focused on the little individual things that is life. I know this was rambling. I know I went down some pretty dark hallways. So let me leave you with, you don't own anything. You don't even own the body you're in. The spirit that drives it or the consciousness that's at the wheel or whatever it is, is driving this body, but it's only temporary. You don't own your life. You don't own tomorrow. You know, there's no promises about what might come around the corner. The talent is there for you to borrow. The time is there for you to borrow. You can hate and say, don't cross this line and I'm building a wall here to protect me and I'm carrying a gun here to protect me. And if you're worshipping this God, you're wrong and I'm willing to kill you for it. And you can do all of those things and maybe you're right and maybe you're justified. Or you could love. Or you could love and save lives and save hearts and be honest and real and open. 
We don't own tomorrow. We don't own next week. We own this moment. Just this moment here. And we take them one at a time. Thank you for sharing this moment with me. I'm going to bed. I may delete this really soon. But it's uh, from a hollowed out magician speaking in raw terms through a raw throat. You're perfect just the way you are. Take that and run with it. Keep walking your path. Keep believing in yourself. I hope there's love where you are.